This is a HeadGum Podcast. London, England, the time is here. We're coming to your city, like, very soon. Yes. This upcoming week. We might be there right now. September 16th and 17th. Are those the right dates? Yes. King's Place at the London Podcast Festival. It's a Friday night, Saturday night. Come to either. Come to both. They're going to be completely different shows. And hey, uh, for you lunks that don't live in London, England, or can't travel to London, England on, on a moment's notice, guess what? Saturday night, we're doing a live stream show. Yeah, you can buy tickets for that anywhere you are in the world, even Antarctica. Yeah. So, uh, and you can watch it live, or you can watch it, I think, anytime in the next seven yeah, days. Yeah, a week. Yeah, so you got time. You got no excuse. It's, it's much better. You, you rent something online, uh, 48 hours, that's all you get. Not here. Seven, seven days. days. You, can, you can probably watch it a uh, uh, hundred times, 200 times. Try, hey, write in. Tell us how many times <laughs> you watched it. But first, buy tickets. Uh, tickets for the live audience and the, the live stream at tcgte.com slash live. Hello and welcome to The Complete Guide to Everything, a podcast about everything. I'm one of your hosts, Tom. And I'm Tim. Tim, how are you doing this week? Tom? What did I say? How are you doing this week? What did you say? How are you doing this week? Mm, That's close enough. I think, because I was already thinking about how I started recording and then cued you, even though I started. Yeah, you're you're not doing so hot today, Tom. (laughs) I'll, I'll figure it out eventually. Tom, I have a secret. What's that? Something that you didn't even know. What? Before I got here... Uh-huh. I had two beers. Whoa. I um, thought it was going to be like uh, I planted a bomb. I planted a series of bombs around the city, and I've left a string of clues for you to find. Has there ever been a real-life mad bomber that, like, uh, did, or, did or any like kind that? of criminal guy, crime doer, mm-hmm. who uh, left clues to, so, uh, like, oh, you can stop this, but only if you solve this cr- clue. Uh, not that I'm aware of. Because, like, or, or if not you're going to cause mayhem, you want to cause mayhem. You don't want some. You're not just like, ooh, I hope people enjoy my puzzles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, and that's also, that's usually, uh, like, how Batman would uh, get the Riddler in the end, that he would be too obsessed with, like, clues and stuff and not like the actual execution of what he wanted to do yeah he was too worried about being clever well was what was the riddler's end game did he want people not to solve the riddles or did he want to just construct a good riddle and he wanted to construct a good riddle and he wanted to prove he was smarter than batman okay but like he wanted to for the most part like try and play fair you know a good man, the Riddler. <laughs> hey, a let's good give man, it up for the Riddler. Edward Nigma. Tim, we saw the Riddler in the park the other day, uh, Paul Dano. Oh, yeah. He, he's the new Riddler. I didn't know that. Yeah, we went to uh, the park, and it was a star-studded day in the park. We yeah. saw a lot of celebrities in the park. Yeah, there was some, uh, uh, must have been some Hollywood bigwig having a birthday party for his kid or something. There are a yeah. lot of celebrities. The stars were out in Brooklyn that day, mm-hmm. and w- our party um, was a, a group of people who were not stars, Yeah, who were getting drunk and probably talking a little too loud <laughs> about- No, I think that is Paul Dano. <laughs> <laughs> and also like, I don't know who Paul Dano is. Tell me <laughs> another movie. You know who movie. he is. You've seen him in things. Yeah. 
what's the name of that movie? And then everybody guessing wrong names for a mm-hmm. half hour. Uh, uh, but yeah, hey, the stars, just like us, they go to a, a public park sometimes. Yeah. So they're uh, kids in one of those splash parks. I was like, uh, you might get uh, Legionnaires from that. <laughs> and I was under the impression that that was only for Legionnaires, not for uh, celebrity children. Yeah. Uh. How are you doing this week, Tom? Uh, I'm good. I, I uh, gla- glossed over the, the revelation that you've had two beers before you got here. Yeah. So this is going to be, uh, usually I'm the one. Uh-huh. Look, you're going to take offense to this. <laughs> are you about to say something that's insulting to me? Yeah. That, uh, that Usually you're outpacing me when mm-hmm. we're recording. Yes. And I'm grounding this thing. <laughs> I'm the tether. <laughs> To the uh-huh. to to the to the sober world, um, not so this week, Tom. You're I... you're the guy sitting next to Sully in the plane, and I'm Sully. I might not be doing things by the book, but goddamn it, I'm gonna land this plane and save everyone. You're like Sully mm-hmm. if like Sully did moves like that on every flight, <laughs> <laughs> even when it wasn't necessary. <laughs> Like he landed in the river a few times, and they were like, "Why did you? Why did you do that?" And he's just like, "Isn't it impressive that I landed in the river?" Well, I didn't have my my landing gear down. I had no choice. Um, Tom, we're glossing over something else here. What's that? We're gonna get on an airplane. Uh huh. We're gonna go to London, England. Yes. In a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna do live shows. Mm-hmm. King's Place. You probably heard an ad about it in a second ago. Not you, the listener. Uh huh. No, um, I heard it too. I was in it. Are you nervous? Uh huh. To go on an airplane. Uh, is there something new I don't know about? Well, there's a pandemic, but yeah. that's whatever. Right. I've been on- uh, but That's I've... whatever. Who cares about that? I'm no, Cavalier. but I mean, I've been on planes during the pandemic. Oh, have you? Yeah. Oh, I haven't. Oh, okay. It's been a long time since I've done anything normal, like go on a plane. Yeah. Um, and I used to have a fear of flying a little uh-huh. bit, um, and I got over it, but then yeah. I didn't go on a plane for three years. <laughs> so and, we um, came back. Yeah, now I'm just like- Going on a plane is crazy. It yeah. soars through the air, yeah. like thousands of feet, and I think hundreds of thousands of miles per hour. No, not that fast, no. but but uh, pretty fast, fast, faster than anything else you go inside of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know of. <laughs> I I know what things you go inside of, and it's it's the fastest. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not worried about that. I've, I've been on planes before. It'll be fine. Have, have, uh, has it settled down on the airplanes to your knowledge, you Tom? Oh, like just crazy people? Yeah, bad behavior. No, I think, uh, now that they I said you don't have to wear, the... now that they said you don't have to wear masks right. anymore, are they not like, uh, freaking out at every little? No, I think people, I, I think still, uh, like, uh, half the world's brains are broken now mm. and there might be a random, like, what do you mean you don't have peanuts? Yeah. And ah, and somebody goes crazy. You ever hear uh, an older person complaining about how they can't eat peanuts because somebody near, because <laughs> a child nearby has a peanut allergy? It's like, how badly do you want peanuts right now? <laughs> yeah. Well, I've I've heard about that on uh, on planes where like you know somebody has a peanut allergy, so they don't give out peanuts, and people lose their minds. It's yeah. like they give you four peanuts in a little wrapper. It's fine. And also, that child will die if you yeah. have those if you eat those four <laughs> peanuts. Yeah, it's fine. You'll live without those peanuts for mm. for a few hours. Yeah, have a cracker. 
or pretzels. Yeah, but don't don't you dare don't, dip either of those in peanut butter. I don't think they even like give out peanuts anymore, really, because of that. Because it's just yeah, like, eh, we can just give out pretzels. It's, it's fine. Cost cutting, penny pinching. Well, pretzels still cost a pretty penny. Mm, I guess that's what, true. Do you think, what do you think are more expensive, pretzels or peanuts? All right, Tom. Per per item, per a single pre- pretzel. Yeah, versus, versus a sing- single peanut. Now, what are we talking? We're talking a pretzel and a honey roasted peanut. Okay, that was the Tom. Yeah. You, you read my mind. <laughs> a honey roasted peanut, a single honey roasted peanut. Yes, versus a tiny pretzel. Um, I'm gonna say that peanut. It's more expensive. Yeah, I'd agree. All right. Because I, I have a jar of peanuts right now, uh, honey roasted peanuts, planters, you know, the good stuff. The gold standard, Tom. And uh, yeah, it wasn't cheap. I'll tell you what was cheap at the store, pretzels if you yeah. wanted them. Oh. So yeah, it's a cost-cutting measure. See you next week. <laughs> Tim, this week we're talking about, uh, uh, I don't know how you feel about this band, a actually. seminal band. Yeah, uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, Ketis and Company. Ketis and Co. It's what they should really call themselves. Uh, they are an enigma, are they not? Yeah. They're well, a regular Edward Enigma. <laughs> well, let's talk for a second. Before we get to that, uh, do you think it's a good band name or not? Um. Yeah, fine. Isn't do you? It, I, I think it's a good band name. I think it suits them. But I always think about this like uh, it's very hard to think of like a cool band that has a bad and actually there are cool bands that have bad names but try and think of like a bad band that has a cool name because then it's like well that name's not cool because it's that band exactly that's my theory about band names and i've been in bands when we've been trying to name bands it's just Mm -hmm. like it doesn't matter just name it something that another band doesn't already have right and it's like if you're a and good don't band, don't try and be too clever about it. Yeah, if you're a good band, it doesn't even matter. Like if you're oh, a good the band, Beatles, but you spell beat like a like a drum beat. Yeah, and that would be the worst name if they were a bad <laughs> band, right? Yeah, but uh, you know, it, any like if a band sucks, mm-hmm. you know, you're just gonna be like, oh, what a stupid band name for a stupid band. So yeah. it doesn't matter. Just name it whatever. It's yeah. fine, except for when everybody was uh doing this was like i think the late aughts or the mm-hmm. early teens where people were like taking celebrity names and like mm. uh making it like yeah well that kind of falls into the like something else already has that name so now you're what am i thinking of though there's like there were like indie bands that were like taking like like the Juan mclean or something or like uh uh, Dillinger Escape Plan. No, no, that's <laughs> that that that's a cool band name. Yeah, well, I guess because it's not just Dillinger. Yeah, Dillinger would be a cool band name. Last yeah. names are okay, I think. I don't really know what you're talking about. Are you talking about Marilyn Manson? No. Here, you talk about something. I'll do some research. What are you going to... No, don't do any research. You're just going to type into Google, like, uh, early odds band names. You weren't even listening. Late odds, Tom. Late odds band names that sound like celebrities. Just name one. Yeah, the Juan McLean. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, bad names. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, that's a person's name, not a band's name. I did a deep dive onto Don into Don McLean yesterday. Yeah, from the Eagles. No, <laughs> you're thinking of Don Henley. Don McLean, the writer of uh, uh, American Pie. Yeah, 
There's apparently an MTV the, documentary. The screenwriter of American Pie. <laughs> no. Uh, that's Jason Biggs. <laughs> he shared co-writing credit with the pie. Well, that's not all he shared. Yeah. He shared an intimate lovemaking scene uh, with that fluids. pie. Fluids. Um, there, uh, it's American Pie. There's apparently a documentary. Mm-hmm. Look, I subscribe to Paramount no, Plus just... to watch some things, <laughs> uh-huh. and then I meant to cancel it. Yeah, and then that's why I've had Paramount Plus for a year, Tim. Exactly. So I was like, and it just re-upped yesterday. Uh, so yeah. I was like, ah, crap. So I was like, I'm yeah. gonna find anything worth watching on Paramount Plus and watch the crap out of it because so they just charge like, me. Oh, I'll watch one. this Don Henley uh, documentary. Don McLean. Okay. And it's only about the song American Pie because that's really the only notable yeah. thing that he's done. Yeah, he, he had all those songs with the Eagles too, though. Tom, you're thinking of Don Henley again. That's a totally different guy. This guy went insane. Uh, all I knew is that like he was gonna play an NRA rally uh, mm-hmm. right after a mass shooting and. <laughs> Uh, there was always a, a good look. Yeah, always a good look. But like, also, you think of American Pie, and you think, oh, this guy's a poet. This guy is gonna be. Yeah. Um, this guy uh, has been accused of bad things from his family members, just mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah, not like abusive, uh, like emotional abuse. Okay, I don't okay. think any kind of physical abuse. Okay. But um, he's in his mid seventies, and uh-huh. he's now dating a twenty-eight-year-old <laughs> quote pinup model. <sighs> Um, and, uh, he bragged about writing his daughter out of his will because <laughs> she mouthed off too much. Well, Tim, sometimes you just need banter between the songs. <laughs> um. You can only play American Pie so many times. Yeah. So anyway, Don McLean, uh, mm. a weird man. Yeah. But you can't deny Hotel California is a pretty good song. You're thinking of Don Henley of the Eagles. Or maybe yeah. Glenn Fry. <laughs> Are uh, you thinking of Glenn Fry? I think I'm just thinking of a guy I saw wearing a Henley shirt recently. Now, what's a Henley shirt? You don't know what a Henley shirt is? Yeah. I'll show you what a Henley shirt is later. <laughs> it, sounds like, right. it sounds like a threat or, or a, a flirtation. But, yeah. But it, once you see it, you'll be like, oh, I know that kind of shirt. It's hard Tom, to describe. Can I ask you a question? Uh-huh. Do any it's of like the a members, long sleeve T-shirt, kind of. Do any of the members of the Red Hot Chili Peppers wear a Henley shirt? No, Tim, they don't wear shirts at all. You then be, what the hell are we talking about that true. for? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you were you were getting to talking about what uh, what you think about the Chili Peppers. Um, I think they're uh, they're an Edward Nigma, Tom. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, they're like. Uh, you look at Flea, mm-hmm. and he's like one of the most respected men in music, and he'll yeah. play on. Yeah, certainly one of the most respected bass players. Yeah, and uh, he's he's plays a lot of stuff. He's widely regarded as a great bass player. Mm-hmm. And you got uh, Anthony Kiedis, who is widely regarded <laughs> as the world's <laughs> biggest clown. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird. Uh, it's a weird band. You can definitely. Then you got John Frusciante that is doing like used to do like experimental weird guitar yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, used to be a very cool guitarist. I don't know what he's like yeah, now. Now he just plays power chords or just like open chords. Yeah. Um, and then you have Chad Smith who's just like oh, and then we got this bro drummer guy, <laughs> but he's pretty good at playing the beats. Yeah, yeah, Chad Smith, <laughs> and a- I think he's fifteen years older than the rest of the guys. <laughs> Chad Smith's the guy that, uh, I mean, everybody talks about it. He looks like uh, Will Ferrell. 
But he's the guy that always looked like he was in a different band than everybody else. Right. Like, uh, like, oh, me, me and my other frat brothers uh, came up with a band. Uh, but uh, they all got uh, sick uh, tonight, so I'm, I'm playing with these weirdos. <laughs> yeah. Um. But he, hand- yeah, like when they're all doing their like, we're gonna put socks on our wieners. He's yeah. just like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go play the drums if that's cool, right? <laughs> it's like um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna wear a baseball hat instead. Yeah. How about that? And uh, it's hard to drum with a sock on your wiener. It would fall off, so I'm just going to put shorts on. Yeah, but he's behind the kit. Nobody can see what's going on back there. Mm. I forgot that they perform with the socks on. Sometimes they just perform nude as heck. Yeah. With their little butts hanging out. <laughs> uh, yeah, and they, I would I would say they all have little butts. They're all pretty skinny guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was all from all the drugs. Well, yeah, that's what uh, uh, I, I was going to talk about, because that's like, I feel like that's especially tied to the beginning of their band. Yeah. Okay, um, wait, hold on. First, mm-hmm. two words. No, one word that <laughs> describes the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. Go for it. Oh, me? Yeah. Uh, hmm. Go to a minus. What? California. Baby. Yeah, yeah, it's a very California Seminole band. California band. Uh, I Them would, and the Eagles, I'd say. I would even argue uh, two words, Los Angeles. Ooh. I feel like they're the quintessential like Los Angeles band. I would from argue our three lives. words. <laughs> All right. City of Angels. <laughs> wow. Ooh. Touche. Um. So nineteen, uh, I was reading this at nineteen eighty six. They've been around since like eighty four, eighty three, baby, eighty three. Yeah, it's their thirty ninth anniversary as a band, which is why we're doing the show. Yeah, on them. Uh, it's it's crazy that they've been around that long. Yeah, because they didn't get big until the late eighties. Right. Um, but uh, I feel like they were big in weird circles. Like I think people yeah. are like, I'm a big fan of the Uplift Mofo Party Plan. Yeah, I could see them being like uh, being kind of like a college band for yeah. the first few years of their uh, existence before they uh, became bigger. Because they do, I I think it's hard to argue that they don't have a unique style. Right. Whether you like it or not. You hear a song by them, you know, oh, that's that's Red Hot Chili Peppers. What do you attribute that to? The uh, melding of styles or uh, Anthony Kiedis's goofing on the on the on the mic? I think. Well, I think John Fashante and Flea are are pretty recognizable. So yeah. I think sometimes you'll hear them, and you'll be like, "This sounds like Chili Peppers," and then you hear like. Wow! Ding dong! And and then you're like, oh yeah, it's Red Hot yeah. Chili Peppers. Nobody else, nobody else has ding dong in their <laughs> lyrics nowadays. But Anthony Kiedis, it sounds like pretty frequently will be like, I don't have words here. I'm just gonna make weird sounds instead. Yeah, which is funny because like I mean his lyrics, you know, all over the place. But sometimes he does have genuinely like. Uh, that's not a good lyric, but that's a clever rhyme that you got there. Really? Anthony. Bonafide ride, step aside by Johnson. <laughs> Where's the rhyme? As they do, as we do when we do in Wisconsin, something like that. Oh, wait, say that he, again he, slower. He, he rhymed Johnson with Wisconsin. All right. 
So did uh, Hemingway. Is that true? Yeah. Uh, did Hemingway, he wrote a lot of rhymes? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mostly lyrics. <laughs> Is that what he's known for? Yeah. Um, Hemingway was known for his sparse limericks. But uh, I was going to say in the beginning of their uh, career, I have in my notes here, 1986, they were given $5,000 to make their third album, and they spent 2000 of it on cocaine and heroin. Yeah. Um, they're like a... There are sad drug stories for the Chili Peppers. Yeah, like, uh, you know, all the current members uh, are alive as of recording this, but, yeah. uh, and and they've all seemingly kicked their habits, you know, hopefully for good. If, for at least, uh, you know, it seems like all of them have been clean for a long time, right? Yeah. Did you ever read uh, Anthony Kiedis's memoir, Scar Tissue? I did not. Um. I only I listened to the first couple chapters uh, as read by Ryder Strong. Right. Why didn't Anthony Kiedis read it? Not enough rhymes, not enough <laughs> ding dongs in there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Probably uh can't read. <laughs> do you think Uh-huh. Yeah, how does a book like that get written? Uh, a ghostwriter does a series of interviews with him yeah. and and records them, you know, has somebody else transcribe them. And then, you know, uh, edits that into his right. voice and, and has it sound like I that. don't know. I think it's cool that Ryder, like Ryder Strong, like should play Anthony Kiedis in, you know, the biopic or whatever, right? No? No, nah, I don't He's think He's cool. So. Tim, <laughs> you're basing this on... Sean Hunter, Boy Meets World. Yeah, yeah. On, on a cool kid on a TV show from the 90s. Do you think Ryder Strong, his name is freaking Ryder Strong. Yeah, yeah, that is a pretty cool name. Yeah, he has long hair. Does he now? Well, uh, he did in the 90s. He also had short hair in the 90s. So did Anthony Kiedis. He had both long and short hair in the 90s. <laughs> it's true. Well, uh, I got you, know you there. It's making, it's making a lot of sense now why they hired him to read the audiobook. Yeah, also... As far as I, uh, as far as I know, Boy Meets World mm -hmm. filmed in Los Angeles, California. Hey, it's all. Uh, I heard that Anthony Kiedis would frequently drop in on set just to see how everything was going. That would probably be a terrible idea. I'd be <laughs> he, like, uh, the was, Topanga, go into your was, dressing room and lock the door. <laughs> Kiedis is back. He was frequently shooed from the set. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Well, that that's you know there uh, apparently in scar tissue a lot of uh, bad things that that he that he did uh, uh, sex with underage girls. Yeah. Donovan's daughter was uh, one of them. Sunshine Superman Donovan. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And he just wrote about it in a book. Yeah. I mean that's and that's... Ryder Strong happily read it. <laughs> I mean that's a crazy thing that like. You know, it, it sounds like he did a lot of bad things that he did some bad things that people have heard about, but then he did bad things that nobody heard about, but he wrote about them in his book, yeah. which like, I, I guess you got to give him a little credit for that to like really clear the air there, but it, it doesn't diminish uh, the bad things he did. Yeah. Did he apologize for it? Uh, I believe so. I think that's why he, oh, yeah. he had in there. He but did, I and, I, and I do it again. <laughs> uh, no, and same thing. Just like, trying to stop me, assholes. Like uh, uh, Chad Smith and, and Flea also were like accused of uh, assaulting a woman and like 
tearing her uh, bikini off to spank her or something like after a show. And yeah, there there is a bunch of bad. But again, it's like, well, you know, look at these guys. Are, are you surprised? Look at these guys. Oh, I thought it was like, look at these guys. They're just having a <laughs> no, good time. No, no. I'm just saying, you know, it's inexcusable and, yeah. uh, uh, but not surprising given their proclivity to perform naked and, and do a lot of drugs yeah. and write a lot of songs about sex and, and uh, naked ladies and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> they write a lot of songs about naked lady stuff. Not necessarily naked, but uh, sometimes they write songs about like pretty ladies that they'd like to see naked, I think. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Kita said the song Danny California is about every woman he's ever met. What does that mean? I don't know. I think I think he's like one of these guys who's like, I've been attracted to every woman I've ever met. Is it well Danny California? <laughs> Danny California. I guess I don't know any of the words yeah. to it. Ding dong, ding dong, ding <laughs> ding ding ding. Uh, the world is gonna warn you, something like that. Tim, uh, vamp for a minute. I'm gonna look up the California, lyrics. California. Getting rest born in, peace. in the state of Mississippi. Papa was a cop. She got born. Okay, Papa. No, not got. Yeah, I guess it's about Dan California. So I guess he's saying every woman he's ever met was born in Mississippi. Yeah, okay. Uh, Papa was a copper and Mama was a hippie. In Alabama, she would swing a hammer. Price you got to pay. He has a lot of state rhyme stuff. <laughs> you you mentioned Wisconsin <laughs> earlier before. Yeah, it's true. Uh, let me see if there are any other sales. Yeah, oh, and then later in this, California. Yeah, they're a very educational band. With a name like Danny California, school. day was going to come when I was going to mourn you. A little loaded, she was stealing another breath. I love my baby to death. Push the fader, gifted animator. One for the now and 11 for the later. Hold on to your hats. Never made it up to Minnesota. North Dakota man was a gunning for the quota. This guy does love states. He does. Yeah. You know what, Tim? Nonsense lyrics. (laughs) I'm going to take it back. One word to describe uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, states. Yeah. <laughs> they love states. I, I, I have to imagine that's like uh, like maybe the only thing Anthony Kiedis remembers from school. <laughs> it's like right after that, he was done. He was like, yeah, we learned all the states. That's I'll go start. I'll write a, those down. And then, <laughs> and then I'll go do a bunch of them. drugs and start a band. I'm ready for the world now. Uh, also, uh, drug, so they had, uh, their original guitarist died of an overdose, right? Yeah. Uh, Hillel Slovak. Yeah. Uh, a lot of songs, uh, that they've written are about him. Uh, and then also that, if uh, you see me getting high, if if you you see see me getting getting by, knock me down. Yeah. That's about if you see somebody getting high, punch them. Yeah. Punch them to stop. Yeah. Punch them uh, as hard as you can yeah. repeatedly until they And, and Anthony Kiedis uh, sang that song and then proceeded to get high a whole bunch of times after that, presumably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sadly, nobody knocked him down. Flea and John Frusciante were uh, at the Viper Room the night uh, uh, River Phoenix died. Tim. Really? They were performing with Johnny Depp. Ooh. Yeah, a real Viper Room special there, yeah. all these guys. You walked into a Viper room that night. You looked around and said, yep, 
<laughs> this is what I heard about the Viper Room. <laughs> Although you probably wouldn't have heard about it. Uh, we wouldn't have heard. Though I heard about it because it's where River Phoenix died. And just Who like, was on drums? Mm, uh, you know what? Uh, I can't look it up. <laughs> I'm out of Cursed data. outfit. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. But it, there was like a weird Motley crew. It wasn't Motley Cruise drummer. But there it was. Might have a, been. Might have been it, but it might have been. But there was a Motley crew of. Uh, of uh, uh, musicians performing that night, yeah. apparently. I'm sure all uh, stone cold sober. <laughs> sure, sure, it sounded great. Tom, I saw Flea perform one time mm-hmm. with Patti Smith. Oh, really? And that same day, I peed at a urinal next to Tommy Lee. So maybe they did. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. And did he look over at your wiener and go, Pfft. No, he did make a comment, like as if I was trying to look at his wiener. What, what was the comment? It was something, hey, check out my wiener. No, I was like, yeah, it's as big as you heard, or something like that. <laughs> were, you, were you desperately trying to look at it? Like, uh, I mean, I might have. <laughs> like, yeah. No, you're not. Like, I don't think I consciously did it, but I think like it was like, it was your chance. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, I would argue probably your one and only chance to see if Tommy Lee's wiener is as I've big as you've I've only seen heard. it steering a boat <laughs> right. on film. But now I have a chance to see one of the things it's made for, pissing. <laughs> exactly. And I gotta see. If he was that good at steering a boat with it. <laughs> Imagine if you looked over and he was just like, yeah, it doesn't piss. <laughs> it's only good for steering boats. I, I've just been standing here pretending. Don't tell anyone. Tom, sometimes I uh, get in a mindset. Uh-huh. And I get stuck focusing on problems instead of solutions. Yeah. I'm a busy man. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a father. Yes. I have a, a podcast and, uh-huh. a, and a co-host who's almost like another child to me and a job. Look, I can get overwhelmed. And with a different mindset focusing on the solutions, not problems, I think things would go a lot easier. Well, who are you talking about? You do another podcast? It can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem-solving mode when faced with a challenge in life, but when you learn how to find your own solutions, there's no better feeling. A therapist can help you become a better problem solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals, no matter how big or small. Tom? Yeah. I think everybody should try therapy. Yes, I agree. Everybody I know who's tried therapy is like, this is life-changing. You don't You don't have to wait until your life's in shambles. If you're... Thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists anytime. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Complete Guide today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Complete Guide. 
Finding the perfect suit is impossible, but finding a suit that's perfect for you is simple thanks to Indochino. Tim, you know this firsthand. I did it myself. You got a suit recently. It looked fantastic. Thanks, Tom. You can choose your favorite fabric and customize every detail to find the look that's perfect for you. Submit your measurements online or get measured in store for a custom made-for-you fit at an incredible price. And with their fall collection featuring new colors and premium fabrics, you'll be in style all season long. Tim, you got a a full suit. I got pants from them. Yeah. They're like my favorite pants. They fit great. Uh, I wear the pants. Every, I wear them when I need something nice. I wear them even when I just want to dress to impress. Yeah. What about you? You wear I, your suit all the time? You wear it every day? I, I, I would like to if I could, if it were appropriate, Tom. But you know what? I would turn too many heads. <laughs> I'd be too distracting. Yeah. I had to save it for special special occasions. Every Indochino suit is made just for you. It's a tailored experience at a great price. Design a look that suits you perfectly from the fabric to the cut. Shop for their uh, made-for-you suits starting at just $449 and premium fitted shirts starting at $89. And you can fine-tune every detail, lapels, linings, monograms, and That was more. the coolest part. Yeah. I was in control here. And you're like in, uh, you know, uh, Johnny uh, designer coming in and be like, "This is the way the suit's gonna yeah, be." Yeah, you get it the way yeah. you want it to look, and it, because it's it's custom made for you, it's gonna look better than anything off the rack. Exactly. Design your perfect suit with Indochino to get fifty dollars off any purchase of three ninety nine or more. Use promo code Guide at Indochino.com. That's I N D O C H I N O dot com. Promo code Guide. Tim, I also want to say, uh, when I was, uh, once we well, now we're getting off the early days. Uh, don't you hate this when you read about like uh, you know a band, a famous band's early days, and they're like, yeah, their first show, only ten people were there. And it's like no shit, it was yeah. their first show. I bet they stunk too. And didn't have a, they, <laughs> yeah. did, they didn't play all the famous songs that you now know forty years. <laughs> yeah, later. they didn't even play all their hits that they yeah. wrote decades later. I just, I don't know, that I always read that and it always irks me because it's like, yeah, except for like the traveling Wilburys. <laughs> Every band has only had a few people in their first show. That's not mm. an interesting fact. Yeah. Hey. Which is why I didn't bring it up uh, on this show. Yeah, you should never bring that up, Tom. Yeah. Um. All right, so... We don't know anything about the early days. <laughs> there no, were drugs. And that's also when they weren't famous, so. Yeah. Or it wasn't when, I mean, their breakout was blood sugar sex magic. As well, far mother, as we know. Mother's, mother's milk, milk was a also bit. a pretty big hit, but yeah. the, the, like blood sugar sex magic was when they became uh, like a mainstream band. Right. Under the Bridge was like a real, real big hit. For it was them. a crossover. Yeah, I just remember that being on MT, maybe VH1 too, like yeah. just all the time. That's when you knew. Yeah. Hey, this will this bridges the generation gap <laughs> when it's in heavy rotation in MTV's it's for Buzz Gen- Bin, Gen X, and Boomers. Yeah, and also VH1's uh, Dust Bin. Ooh, sick burn at VH1. Right, Tim. The video hits one. VH1 was supposed to be like more adult. Yeah. More, yeah, like adult contemporary. Yeah. I feel like uh, VH1 was also the first to kind of start doing, well, they did like uh, behind the music and that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. 
Um, and pop-up video, Tom. And pop-up video. Yeah, a little more educational, VH1. Yeah, than very MTV. educational. They probably played that Danny California video a lot to help kids learn about the states. <laughs> to learn about the four states mentioned. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that the Under the Bridge, big hit, I would argue. Yeah, uh, so big mm-hmm. that it caught Weird Al's eye mm-hmm. to be the opening 30 seconds of Bedrock Anthem. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about it that. Before it transitioned to, into a Give It Away parody. Yeah. All about the Flintstones. Yeah. Not his best work. <laughs> uh, I'm remembering it now. It wasn't bad. Yabba dabba, yabba dabba dabba do now. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. I mean, that that had to have been the genesis of that, right? That what? that he was like, oh, that you know, when he says, "Give it away, give it away," you could do yabba dabba do, yabba dabba do. Yeah, but he was also like, I think, uh, anticipating the Flintstones movie starring <laughs> oh, yeah. John Goodman and Rosie O'Donnell to be a bigger cultural moment. Yeah, we all did. Yeah, we were all disappointed. I remember when the box office numbers came out, you showed up on my front stoop <laughs> crying. Bad news. <laughs> the numbers are back. And it's not looking so great. Um, I had something else to say about Weird Al. Oh, apparently mm-hmm. Don McLean claims that he and Weird Al are really good friends, but I can't imagine. <laughs> uh, look, now I'm back on McLean. I'm sorry. Has he ever done an Eagles uh, parody? Tom, what? you're mixing him up with. Uh, you're mixing Don McLean up with uh, Don Henley from the Eagles. Uh no, I know Weird Al did do. Yeah, no, I the know. Saga I know the saga begins. I know the difference between Weird Al and uh, Don Henley. All right, let's let's keep moving with the <laughs> the chilies, as I like to call them. Uh, that's what their fans called them. Tim, I was looking up. I was trying to find. I'd read somewhere that the I believe it was Californication had sold like an unbelievable amount of albums in Ireland, and they. Turn that uh, Hadron Collider back on or something, and now that's gone. I couldn't find any evidence of this. Yeah, you once told me that there were two albums (laughs) sold per household household of Californication. Yeah, it was some insane where it's like, if if there's, you know, three million households, they sold six million copies of the album. Tom, okay, ready? But then I couldn't find, and then I looked it up, and it was like, ah, top album that year, The Coors. Which makes sense, but it was like, that's not what I remember. Yeah. But I did find they did put out a few live DVDs uh, where where, the, uh, where they were playing in Ireland. And like they did have massive crowds. Uh, yeah, Hadron man. Collider couldn't get rid of those DVDs. Yeah. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Tom, I will say, you're jumping around too much. Uh, number one, mm-hmm. Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Okay skyrockets them to success that the the likes of which they had never seen before uh but they would see more of later <laughs> all right so john I'm trying, Frusciante, I'm trying to make this like a behind yeah it was very effective yeah um john frusciante he's playing mm-hmm. on it and he's like i'm gonna do weird guitar stuff yeah and then uh 30 years later uh intrepid podcast hosts would get the stems to uh, the Blood Sugar <laughs> Sex Magic sessions mm-hmm. and be able to listen to isolated uh, parts and would stay up late at night 
listening to John Frusciante's weird guitar parts. For for that whole album? Yeah. Yeah. He was a weird guitarist. Yeah. I'm, well, and, and I could turn off Anthony Keyes' vocals, <laughs> which ruined that album. Um, there, there's a song called Suck My Kiss. Yeah. Suck My Kiss. Because you, you hear Suck My and you're like, what... Uh, you no, better it, be very careful about the next word out of your mouth, like, oh, Mr. Kiss, Kiedis. it's romantic. Oh, it's a romantic oh, okay. song. All right. Yeah, yeah that's it's fine. It's not dirty. Yeah, I'll let my children listen to this. Uh, is she talking dirty? <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Like, uh, on uh, our sister podcast, Books the Podcast, um, mm-hmm. behind Patreon, well, um, I was reading Anthony Kiedis' <laughs> Blood Sugar Sex Magic lyrics, which I would never do. Right. Uh, in well, the well, open. Uh, and this show is in, uh, it doesn't have anything to do with the literary arts like the other ones. <laughs> exactly. But like uh, some of those uh pretty raunchy, Tom. Yeah. The lyrics to Sir Psycho Sexy are. So anyway, uh, John Frusciante mm-hmm. um, leaves the band on that tour. Have you ever seen their um, performance of Under the Bridge on uh, Saturday Night Live? No, I don't think so. So John Frusciante was like pissed at Anthony Kiedis. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he hated like the fame. I think he was also like in the throes of heroin addiction. Yeah, he was like real, and and it seems like they just like blew up so quickly all of a sudden. And yeah, he had a hard time yeah, dealing. He with didn't that. deal with it well, and it's it's tough because uh, he's younger than all of them, mm-hmm. and like idolized Hillel Slovak. Mm-hmm. And like they were his favorite band, so like it was like, oh, I won the lottery. I'm in my favorite band, and then it's like, oh, and now we got world famous, and I hate my life, and I'm yeah. mad. Um, but uh, he was mad, and so like if you watch, it's it's bizarre. Mm-hmm. He plays the beginning of Under the Bridge so slowly and weirdly, <laughs> and like then changes the key when Anthony Kiedis starts singing oh. so it sounds bad. Uh-huh. And Kiedis is looking at him like, hey, what are you hey, doing? We're on yeah. live national television <laughs> yeah, here. play the song the right and way. And like, uh, uh, it's it's a train wreck of a performance. It's, uh, okay. it's not I'll even like to funny to watch. It's just like, God, like, I, I was just like, if I was the... <laughs> This is how bad it was, Tom. Mm-hmm. I put myself in the director of Saturday Night Live's shoes. Wow. And I was like, do you... Cut away like you do when uh, Sinead O'Connor rips up a picture of the Pope. Just yeah. like, ah, screw it. Or, or when Avril Lavigne is, uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Simpson. Not just Ashley Simpson. Simpson yeah. is revealed to be a, a lip-syncing fraud. Yeah. You know what? I saw that clip recently. I, I don't know why, but it like, came up on my feed. And uh, they took a lot longer to cut away than I remember. Yeah. Like, it's very awkward. Like, she's off stage for, like, a while. Like, she does, like, a jig and then just kind of, like, wanders around, walks off stage. The band just keeps pretending to play for, like, I don't know, at least a solid 10 seconds before they cut away. Yeah. Well, what happened was they're like, oh, no, this was supposed to fill three minutes. And so Lauren Michaels yeah. was running around, and he's like, somebody... Add three minutes of material to the mango sketch that's coming up. <laughs> yeah. Have mango, uh, you know, touch his butt and tell another person that they yeah. can't touch uh, the otherwise, mango. Otherwise, we're going to have just three seconds of, uh, of static before we cut to Showtime at the Apollo tonight. Yeah. Or uh, 
we're going to get through all the credits instead of just like uh, scrolling like the top three credits and then cutting away at the end. Yeah. I think they should make the good nights at Saturday Night Live. Mm Mm-hmm. 15 minutes long. Why? Because I just want to see everybody shaking hands and hugging and uh, holding up signs that say, like, happy birthday, Greg. I don't think they they do it that long, Tim. I think pretty pretty soon after the cameras cut, they all... uh, Yeah, but if if the cameras were on for 15 minutes, they'd have... They'd have to keep it up. Isn't that such a weird thing that, like, this is a show that... This is their job, Mm -hmm. and every week at the end, they all get together and hug each other. Like, (laughs) oh, this was so great. Let's hug each other. Could you imagine, like... Before leaving the office every day, you're just like, great well, job in well, that meeting. I mean, me and you hug after we do this show every week. Yeah, for 15 minutes. <laughs> right. Well, because that's the right way to do it. It's not just one hug for 15 minutes. No. We change positions a lot. Yeah. And we're doing two shows usually when we get together to yeah. record. So it's a lot different than, than uh, Saturday Night Live. Everybody calm down. Um, I forgot looking at this album... Uh, uh, like uh, pretty much all their albums have a lot of songs. Yeah, they can really pump out the the trash. <laughs> and also, like looking at these songs, it's like I yeah I don't I couldn't hum uh some of these songs from uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. I do like first song Power of Equality. That's a good song. It's got a good message, Tom. Yeah, Death to the Message of the KKK. Uh, if you have to ask. Y'all never know. <laughs> uh, that, that's you know funny. what I like uh, in the stems that I got? Uh-huh. The falsetto uh, parts, <laughs> which I Is think it, are for uh, Shantae and yeah. Flea, maybe. Okay. Um, they're on a separate track, so I can mm-hmm. leave those in. <laughs> if you have to ask. And then you can do the y'all never know. <laughs> and then you come in. You call me up and you go, funky motherfuckers. Bleep uh, that, please. No. Uh, breaking the girl. Yeah, I like that song. It's, I mean, without the vocals, all of these are fantastic yeah. songs. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, we all got into this album in high school. Everybody yeah. except for friend of the show Dan, mm-hmm. and I just remember being like, "Dan, you don't understand. You got to ignore the lyrics." And it's not like, like once you get rid of the lyrics, it's not like broy or like yeah. frat boy anymore. It's more just like really good funk (laughs) and dan was just like well tim i guess i'm just not that into (laughs) funk like you yeah 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 i don't know if it's really good funk (laughs) and since when do i care about really good funk listen i listen to a lot of funk mr funk tim (laughs) me and let me tell you this is really good <laughs> as long as you ignore the singing, which is, you know, pretty loud in the mix. <laughs> um but uh all right, so blood sugar and then one hot minute, then that right, was after This is what is criminally overlooked. So John Frashante leaves. Yeah. They replace him with a guy for the tour. Which uh, I think in the behind the music they show a little bit of him playing "Give It Away" live, mm-hmm. and it's like, you you cherry picked this this clip, but yeah. uh, uh, anyway, it just wasn't good. Yeah, so they're like, all right, we need to bring in the big guns yeah, for the we next need, album. We need a ringer. We're one of the biggest bands in the world now. Yeah, we can't just get some nobody. Hey, somebody uh, 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 
open up that coffin in the corner and see if there's a man in there sleeping. Oh yeah, uh, oh yeah, Dave Navarro of Jane's Addiction. Is well, in they that. they open up the coffin and they said, "No, ah, it's just Carmen Electra in here." He said, "No, look under her." Yeah, Dave Navarro of Jane's Addiction. Yeah. So he's like, "Yeah, I'll join the Red Hot Chili Peppers." Why now, not? Now, what's your what's your feelings on uh, Jane's Addiction? Um, I think they're okay. I never liked them. I like that song, uh, Caught Stealing, something like Been that. Been Caught Stealing. Been yeah. Caught Stealing. I like that song, but uh, a lot of their other songs I never Perry liked. Farrell is a lot. Yeah. I think yeah. that's my issue. Yeah. I think all these- <laughs> yeah, if, you, if you don't like Anthony <laughs> Kiedis, then Perry Farrell's- Perry Farrell's at least like a little weirder than Kiedis. Yeah, yeah. He's not as, he's not bro-y. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't have like esoteric nonsense his, lyrics. His, uh, you know, obsession is sex-obsessed <laughs> nonsense is of a stranger proclivity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he still has that like, um, I'm going to- I'm I'm gonna yeah have se- sex obsessed lyrics, but also I feel like there was like a real time uh, in alternative rock in the late uh, you know uh, all throughout the '90s of singers who are like, oh, you want me to sing into the camera? I know just how to dance. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and like no, I'm really into it. Uh, yeah, get get a fish eye. So you can get the rest of the band, uh, you know, on the outskirts, but I'll be just singing right to the lens. Yeah. No, I mean, there's some good Jane's Addiction stuff. Yeah. Um, I never really got what, what do you them. What do you think about Dave Navarro as a guitarist? Um, I think he's pretty good, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Um, seems fine. All I remember Sleeps from that album is Aeroplane, which is an awesome song. Which is a, a minor hit. It's yeah. actually a pretty good album. Yeah. Oh, they give it. Uh, um, have you ever heard the Flea uh, song um, P, where it's uh, P E A Tom? It's not about uh, what Tommy Lee apparently can't do. P E A. I'm a little P. Uh-huh. I love the stars and the trees, or something like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, then it gets a little. Profane. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be the Chili Peppers. You you think uh, Anthony Kiedis maybe had a had a pass on? It wasn't it? sexual. It's just oh. uh, uh, a lot of cussing, a about lot of cussing. farts and boops and stuff. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of farts and poops. No, there's some good songs on on that album. Okay. Um, a lot of people were like, "Yeah, but it doesn't sound like the Chili Peppers." And it's like, well, there was you know, there was like the the funk era. Mm-hmm. And then there was one mainstream album, yeah, that was just really good funk. <laughs> uh, and then there was this out, like what they're like they don't have a consistent lineup, really, right? The the I think Jack Irons was their original drummer, right? Like so, yeah. If you go to their Wikipedia page under like former band members, there's like a dozen names there. Yeah, so I think people were a little bit more like this doesn't sound like. Blood sugar sex magic. Yeah. But what they were saying was, this doesn't sound like Red Hot Chili Peppers. And it's like, hey, guess what, man? Red Hot Chili Peppers sounds like whatever they want. Whatever yeah. Keita says. And some days he says, let's make this sound like really good funk. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> some days he's like, let's make this sound like, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, cussing about pee-pee and poo-poo. 
Tom, uh, do you remember the song? My friends are so depressed. Yeah. That was on that album. Oh, that was yeah. a pretty good album. Yeah, that was a, that was a pretty big hit. Yeah. And then also, um, not on this album, but from this era, Dave mm-hmm. Navarro, um, their cover of Love Roller Coaster for the Beavis and oh, Butthead yeah. Do America soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, that's a good cover. That's a fun cover. Yeah, I mean, unnecessary, but... <laughs> yeah. Uh, but don't you want to hear Kiedis uh, sing those lyrics? Move it over here. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what the lyrics are? Something like that. Yeah, the other guys, I think Flea's doing the roller coaster. Is he? I don't think yeah. Kiedis can do that. I don't think... Anthony Kiedis could sing. <laughs> you know, I was watching, like I said, uh, you know, they played these big shows in Ireland, uh, and I was watching a few clips in preparation. Yeah. And, like, man, uh, being Anthony Kiedis seems great. Like, uh, just so many songs where you're watching uh, Flea, Chad Smith, and John Frusciante, like, just like really working and he's yeah. just like skipping around the stage and then it's like okay they're done with like this intense part i'm gonna come in and be like kiss my wiener <laughs> kiss my wiener and feed me dinner yeah uh, he loves it yeah uh i guess uh it's they like s- a good job uh this, Blood Sugar Sex Magic was the first time they worked with Rick Rubin, and then yeah, I think like they've, they've just worked yeah. with him since, right? Yeah, I think so. Until very recently, I think they're like no, I think in, he like, just did their new album. I know, but I think they experimented. Oh, okay. And Tom, here's mm-hmm. what's going to hurt our old millennial hearts <laughs> or break our old millennial brains. Mm-hmm. I think this '90s era, yeah, is not their biggest era. No. But, like, I don't know anything that came after their next album, Californication. Well, Californication was their biggest album. I remember Mm. when that came out, and we were all like, guess what? Frusciante's back. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I remember, like, a lot of us got real into one of his uh, solo albums. Yeah. Uh, Was it, I I was trying to look it up, was it to record only water for 10 days? Yes. Yeah. And it's just him on a four track being a heroin addict and like <laughs> messing with a delay pedal on the vocals and stuff. Yeah, but the guitar, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, you know, the very recognizable uh, jingly jangly guitar yeah. that he's known for. But yeah, he came back for Californication. I mean, and we were right when we were like, oh, man, he's back because it was their biggest album ever. Tom, you were a senior in high school. Yeah. As a junior in high school, I remember a bunch of us in your car mm-hmm. cruising down Railroad Avenue, <laughs> blasting Californication. Driving on the tracks. <laughs> yeah, man. We lived on the edge. We played chicken with a train um, and won. <laughs> the train. <laughs> the I, train blinked. I have a, I want to talk about a few of those songs. Uh, Around the World, which is a song with Bonafide Ride, Step Aside My Johnson. Right. And, I and for- also a, uh, a, not, uh, a not inoffensive... Uh, Music video? No, line in the song. Oh. Oh, where it sounds like he's doing like an offensive uh, Asian stereotype yeah. voice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, which I think they bleep now, but he has said like, oh, I wasn't trying to do that. I, I take him at his word there because when I heard he that, sings I a thought, lot of nonsense lyrics. I thought he was just trying to make funny noises because in the like, he's like, it's like I know, I know for sure, and like, yeah. the other choruses are like, that 
broads are beautiful around the world or something. <laughs> yeah. But this time he just like went like, bah, yeah. bah, bah. and I was like, oh, he's just making dumb noises. And then uh, I don't know, maybe he's, he's maybe making I'm just dumb colored. noises to make everybody laugh. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say the video because I think I had never seen the video uncensored before. Yeah, and it's just him like uh, pretending to perform oral sex on a ghost. What? Yeah. And uh, like uh, stick his fingers in a ghost and stuff. Yeah, yeah it's pretty, uh, pretty wild stuff, Tim. Pretty. Uh, Who edgy. plays the ghost? Like uh, nineteen ninety nine computer effects. Ah, like it's it's huh. you know very wispy, like just the vague outline of a of a woman, so you can really see what Anthony Kiedis is doing with his mouth. <laughs> you know, it's transparent. Yeah. Um. Hey, again, a uh, very romantic man. <laughs> uh, I think maybe my favorite Red Hot Chili Pepper song. No, my favorite Red Hot Chili Pepper song might be Soul to Squeeze off the Conehead soundtrack. From the Conehead soundtrack. soundtrack. Yeah. Why Why is that on the Conehead soundtrack and not Blood Sugar Sex Magic? <sighs> I, was it recorded during those sessions? Yeah, it must have been. It sounds like uh, it slots right in there. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe they recorded it later. No, they didn't. When did Conehead's come out? Because it wouldn't have been later because they would have immediately gone on tour and Frusciante's on it, and, and Frusciante quit on that tour. No, oh, yeah. Well, there you go. 92, Tom, I think. No Maybe need, 93. No need to look it up. Um, well, yeah, I mean, they went for like a long time between albums The Conehead's soundtrack was pretty good. <laughs> they went for, I think it was like uh, 95 maybe that uh, uh, One Hot Minute came out. So there was six years between albums. Yeah, uh, and then four years until Californication. Uh, but maybe my second favorite uh, Red Hot Chili Pepper song, Parallel Universe. Because it goes... You know what? I just remember being like, what virtuoso musicians. But I don't <laughs> care, and they're not. They're fine. They're good musicians. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know. That's like a weird song for them, yeah. I feel like, and I like it a lot. And... Uh, California King. He's singing about really big beds. Yeah. Who, you know, Sidewinder, I'm a <laughs> California King. The, the fact that like 1-800-MATTRESS hasn't licensed that yeah. song uh, for their commercials is yeah. insane to what me. What are I'm you sh- doing, 1-800-MATTRESS? I'm sure the Chili Peppers would give them a good deal on uh, licensing that. Mm. They like sleeping. They say, hey, <laughs> right? uh, from what I understand, they like doing a lot of things in bed. Yeah. Sucking kisses. Throw, throw the boys a few free mattresses to suck some kisses on. And, you know, yeah. and you use their song to and, sell uh, some California stick kings. their fingers in a ghost. <laughs> yeah, get them for the commercial. Yeah. Hey, boys, come sit on the mattresses. Show everybody yeah, what you do digitally penetrate an apparition. <laughs> uh, other side... Uh, I also like that song. See, that's, you know what? This signals the uh-huh. road where it's like, uh, Kiedis is trying to sing now. Yeah. How long? How long? It's like, oh, man. Under the bridge, like, we let it go because, like, <laughs> it's like, a, it had, like, a really cool guitar part. Yeah. But if, if Rashante is just going to be there playing like, I'll play an open C chord and then an open A minor and just strum it normally like a guy who just learned how to play the guitar. <laughs> it's like, and Kiedis is singing? Like, what am I? I'm not, I'm not on board for this. And that's what happened with their 
albums after this, they were like, oh, let's use the other side model. Uh, yeah. For Shante, uh, play like a first-year guitar student. Kitas, sing your heart out. <laughs> <laughs> so Kitas, sing as like, uh, yeah, just very earnestly. Uh, Flea, stick to just like the root note. Yeah. No slapping. Hey, look, I just want to hear some really good funk. <laughs> Slap the bass. Well, I mean, yeah, you're you're notoriously a, a big funk guy. Um, what about get on top? Um, yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of filler on that album. Grasshopper, showstopper, the life of a wife swapper. Come with me, cause I'm a big bopper. You do, but I whopper. Exterminate my cause. You want to draw some straws? Be the one to see my flaws. Make me bleed with painted claws. Get mm. on top. It's about mm. uh, getting on top sexually. Mm. Getting on top and then having performing sex. Uh, what about the titular Californication? I hate that song. Yeah, a little too soon. <laughs> what about the uh, Crazy Taxi music video? I have no idea what you're talking the, the about. The music video looks like the video game Crazy Taxi. I I it was like 1999. It was like, wow, look at these graphics. Hmm. I was reading something, uh, you know, I was trying to find Chili Peppers trivia. And one of the trivia was like, they did this. It was 19 years before Ready Player One. It's like, Ready Player One wasn't the first time somebody had the idea of, what if somebody was in a video game? Right. You morons. That you... doesn't seem like it would, that concept would fit the tone of the song. And also it's like, oh, man. Uh, what are they, what are they trying to, is this, a, is this a pop song or is it a David Duchovny television <laughs> program on premium cable, Tom? Make oh, up your mind, guys. That uh, that was another piece of uh, interesting uh, trivia. Maybe even the only interesting trivia that uh, they didn't. Showtime didn't get permission to name their show Californication. That's okay. Consequently, the band filed a lawsuit. Um, uh, but I don't know what happened in the lawsuit, but it says, in addition, one of the characters in the program was given the nickname Danny California. And one episode featured a character describing California as the edge of the world and all of Western civilization. A line from California. Yeah, I mean, you can make references to things without having to. I don't know if you can name millionaires your, a bunch your, of money. I mean, I tuned into the first three seasons of California Cation waiting for Anthony Kiedis to show up. Did you ever watch California Cation? I watched every episode thinking, like, oh, they're probably going to, you know, and every season it's like, oh, they'll probably do it in the finale and then it wouldn't happen. I'm like, oh, probably the premiere of the next season never happened. He never showed up. Oh, I'm sorry, Tom. Uh, we'd be remiss mm-hmm. if we didn't bring up. Their infamous Woodstock 99 performance where they played Jimi Hendrix Fire while a bunch of frat boys (laughs) burned down (laughs) the Woodstock. I don't know. They were on an Air Force base. What can you really burn down there? Planes? I I think it was like uh, the booths and stuff that were selling uh, overpriced water But at Woodstock 94, do you remember? They came out and played with light bulbs on their heads. (laughs) Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was widely reported. And- I say it's widely reported because I got all my news from MTV News. Yeah, and they would play MTV News every 15 minutes. Yeah. 
Uh, Kurt Loder's back. Uh, an adult needs to tell me what I need to know about the world right now. <laughs> oh, they wore light bulbs on their head, huh? Hey, very interesting. Tom, uh, I've buried the lead. Mm-hmm. And, and just so you know, like we can talk for a little bit longer, but people need to stick around to the very end Ooh. to hear a revelation. Okay. Uh, should I do all the plugs and everything? I don't know. Do you have other things to say? The... Do, no. do you want to talk about By the Way and Stadium Arcadium? By the Way. No, I was going to say that... Um, like uh other than oh i wrote down solo squizzes off the bonehead soundtrack <laughs> <laughs> um how dare you no i was gonna say uh i like the song easily on californication too uh but other than that i was gonna say that i don't think i know any other songs after 1999 i'm, I'm trying to find i feel like there was like one that was like oh yeah that song was cool but then, like, looking at their last few albums, it was like, oh, I've, I've never listened to any of these. I don't know any of these uh, songs. Stadium Arcadium, there is, uh, they have this one song, it might be on Stadium Arcadium, where it goes, hey, oh, yeah, I know that song. what I say. And I just remember Howard Stern being like, I really like that song. <laughs> Well, you get all your uh, music recommendations from Howard Stern. He's the one who turned you on to funk, if I'm not uh, mistaken. <laughs> yeah, it's really good funk. Yeah, but they've got uh, 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 two albums out this year. One that's already out and one that's coming out in October. Yeah, it's always uh, a good sign when it's like, we've put out one middling album, <laughs> but guess what? We had so many tracks left over from those sessions, we're going to put out another one. Oh, I think it was, uh, I like uh, the song By The Way on the album By The Way. I thought that song was all right. I feel like that's the rare song where it's just like, I'd like to hear that chorus once in a while, but I don't need to hear the rest of that song. Yeah. Oh, and Stadium Arcadium had uh, Danny California on it. Right, I've never heard of that song. Uh, Jesus, yeah, Stadium Arcadium, I forgot, that was a double album, 28 songs on it. Yeah. And people uh, like it. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, they're still a big band. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm sure there there are people, uh, huge Chili Peppers fans, that are like, eh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic wasn't very good. You know? Yeah. Because they got into them later. Or maybe they, like, heard the lyrics. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, have his lyrics changed? Does he not sing? I mean, he's he's, got to be... uh, uh, in his 50s now, right? Pushing 60 maybe? 59. Even, uh, I just looked oh. it up. Uh, Ketis and Flea are 59. Uh, just 10 Chad years Smith away is... from their favorite number. Exactly. <laughs> Chad Smith is 60, and I think Frushanti is like 52. Okay. There was a weird situation, right? Um, they had a touring guitarist, uh-huh. Josh Klinghoffer or something, okay. right, recently? And then Frushanti left the band again. Yeah, and then came and back And they were like, again. Josh... Mm-hmm. I got his name wrong, probably. Uh, you're in the band. Step it up. And he's like, all right, I'll play guitar. Mm-hmm. And he recorded some albums. Yeah. Uh, maybe one album, maybe two. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, they uh, kicked him out of the band and mm-hmm. got Frusciante back. Yeah. But like they were like, oh, it's like Flea and him played... I think they're Flea and this Klinghoffer guy mm-hmm. are both in Eddie Vedder's... Uh, touring band right okay. now so like they're still friends yeah but it's just like he was in the he was the touring guitarist uh uh-huh. 
And then uh, when Frusciante was there, yeah, and like multi instrumentalist, I think. Uh huh. Frusciante leaves. They yeah. was it just they can't demote him back to like touring guitarist with that like background guitarist oh. if uh, Frusciante's back. Eh, maybe he wasn't interested in that. Mm. It probably no, because he a... says he got kicked out. Uh, I mean, it probably would have come with a pay cut too. Yeah. You know, so it could be that Who kind cares? of thing. There's even a pay cut and the chilies, man. You got to put your foot down, even if you're Josh uh, Klingenhopper. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the thing that is weird to me, mm-hmm. do you think for all sane people? Yeah. I don't want to say all sane people. They, they have some good songs. But am I wrong in assuming that Red Hot Chili Peppers are a little bit of a joke? Uh, I think they would say they're a little bit of a joke, you know, that, that they're not meant to be taken too seriously. But also, like, you know, the <laughs> allegations of, like, yeah. uh, you know, uh, the bad things in mm-hmm. the past that they kind of come off as, like, fratty sometimes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But then they're, like, so much in this world. Like, again, like, Flea is playing bass with Patti Smith. Yeah. And, like, they're members of, like, uh, like, uh, Eddie Vedder's band. Like, it seems like they are so tight yeah. with, like, all, like, like with a lot of, like, quote-unquote, like, the artists of yeah. pop music. Well, yeah, I mean, it's so weird Flea, that there's, like, like, goofy guys talking about, like, oh, I got stopped by a lady cop, and she <laughs> tried to cop a fuel. Right? Yeah. It's, like, and then... Tim, I like that rendition. That was, like, a like a lounge club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was an abridged and version. And she too, tried to cop a feel. <laughs> remember when, uh, were you going to do plugs? Yeah, I was going to do plugs. Okay. I was going to ask if you remember that guy on MTV. <laughs> I think it was played by the same guy who did Already the Strongest Man in the World. He uh-huh. did like a lounge versions of uh, popular songs of the day. Oh, yeah, vaguely. In just like commercials for <laughs> MTV that yeah. they would run on MTV for some reason. Hey, it worked. We yeah. kept watching. Yeah. If you like the show, you can find out more at tcgt.com. Check out uh, that for all of our social links. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Tom Reynolds. Follow me at your pal, Tim. And uh, hey, if you're in London or even not in London, September 16th and 17th, this week, if you're listening to this, uh, the week it came out, we're doing shows, hopefully. Uh, And you can buy tickets at tcgt.com slash live. Also, ha- live stream tickets available. I have an addendum to that, Tom. Yes. If you're coming to the show, mm-hmm. email us a problem to solve live on stage, the complete guide to everything at gmail.com. Yes. We can do it in Tim and Tom, solve your problems. Uh, and check out our Patreon for Books the Podcast, where we're, uh, we're, we're in the home stretch for Heat 2. Uh, She's got a great ass. It's not that doesn't happen in the book. Yet. We haven't finished it yeah, yet. We don't I know. Said, yeah. Maybe we're gonna find out the the origin of that. Uh, what were you gonna say? What was your uh, your my end? big revelation? Yeah, your big revelation. Tom, picture it. Okay, two thousand five, I think. Okay, Tim. Yeah, in Los Angeles, California, city of angels. Okay. Boarding a flight to New York City. <laughs> I know this revelation. Jet Blue, who sits behind me in the row uh, behind me? Anthony Kiedis of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And was he kicking the seat the whole time like His, a little kid? Um, 
his uh, traveling companion was. And was it a, a pretty lady he was traveling It was with? a pretty lady. Maybe his wife, maybe. I don't know. Um, but, uh, and I turned around. Mm-hmm. And like I was like, oh, like she was like she wasn't kicking it, but she was like banging into it a lot because she was nah. like going into a bag or something. And I just turned <laughs> she, around. She was young and didn't know uh, social conventions. Yeah, yeah. And you know, like number one, it's kind of like the Tommy Lee thing, where it's mm-hmm. just like, oh, eh. you tried to look at his dick. Too? No, no. It's just I was like, hey, Ketus is there? Let me uh, like. Uh, let me confirm that it's Ketus, so in case uh, 17 years later I want to talk about it on a podcast, mm-hmm. like, it was Ketus, but also to be like, hey, just so you know, like, hey, what's going on back there? Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, I'm really sorry. Wow. And then, like, put his hand on his uh, wife and said, fucking stop it. <laughs> You're embarrassing me in front of the man. The man is going to yell at me, and he's so tough looking. And uh, he was, and then he talked for a few hours about how um, built I was. Wow. Yeah, I was working out a lot at the time. Huh. Yeah. Uh, and presumably he was not wearing a shirt at the time. Oh, no he, shirt, yeah. Yeah, and he was probably like, well, now I'm embarrassed mm-hmm. with my shirt off. And- Don't you, you've, you've had this on a plane where there's a celebrity and you hit turbulence and you're like, this plane better not fucking go down. I'm not going to be a footnote to this asshole. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to uh, be like, oh, here, uh, Tom was on a plane with uh, Anthony Kiedis. Also, he's dead. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, Tim was on the plane. <laughs> oh, Anthony, with Anthony Kiedis? Anthony Kiedis just died. Yeah. He was on that plane. Tom died too. Yeah. Exactly. Like, uh, forever, you would be like, anytime anybody talked about you, they would bring that up. They'd bring it up. They'd be like, oh, he died on the plane that Anthony Kiedis was on. And then, like, you're forever associated with Anthony Kiedis. Yeah. Of all things. Yeah. And then, you know, through a game of telephone, it's like, yeah, I think they were friends. I I think he was, Mm. uh, you know, going out to L.A. to hang out with them or something. Mm. I mean, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, nowadays. Yeah. And be like, oh, wow, pretty rich. I saw John Frusciante just sold his mansion. Wow. Cool five million. Wow. Looks like a real rich guy mansion. Didn't didn't look like five million dollars doesn't seem like a lot for a mansion. No, I mean looking at the mansion, I was like, that's pretty nice. Uh I don't know where it was in also, LA. So like I think like how how many rooms how big is this mansion? Should we all go in on a mansion in LA? It, I mean, it was a pretty big mansion still. And I, I don't want to like spend. I don't want to like take out a million dollar loan to go live with a bunch of other people in a mansion. Yeah, even in a mansion. You're you're crazy, Tom. <laughs> All right, well, uh, we'll see you next week. That was a headgum podcast.